Hi, this is Justin Norman, pastor of Knobs Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome you to the Knobs Baptist Church broadcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll stay tuned for just a few moments as we have a special song and a message from God's Word. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation 22. We'll be starting the very last chapter of this wonderful book, this wonderful revelation of John, and it certainly has been a blessing to study this wonderful book of Revelation. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but that just blesses my heart. Y'all probably didn't see that, probably didn't even notice it. But uh, that fella just eased right on up the road. That's a blessing to me. It's a blessing. People actually have some respect for God, for His people, 
even as they're assembling, being outside like this. That blesses my heart. Boy, that tells me there's some hope. I'm looking for the blessed hope, as we see tonight. We see a continuation of this description of New Jerusalem that has run over into chapter 22. And we'll point out a few things tonight. I'm going to try to cover them. And uh, we'll just be on our way. I'll try to cover them very quickly. Not We have several. Uh, we see, first of all, this river of life. Uh, we see, secondly, as we'll point out tonight, a tree of life. But also the throne of God. The blessed fellowship as well. And also the certainty of this blessed hope. We see, first of all, in this pastor of Scripture, as we begin reading tonight in verse number 1. Bible says, and he shewed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. Hallelujah. These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to shew unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. We see this continuation of this description of this new Jerusalem and we point out first of all tonight this river of life which is mentioned in verse 1 he shewed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb John was showed this uh, pure river and he describes this water of life if you will. That's what the scripture would call it. This pure river of water of life. And it much resembles this outflowing of the spirit you see. Uh, and even of eternal life. And certainly for the believer. For the child of God. And you know we can only in part uh, take in such manifold blessings of this spirit uh, here in this walk of life. Me and Brother Toby was speaking about that just a few moments ago. Uh, as we study the Scripture and the Holy Spirit, uh, certainly this book is a book of great discernment. It takes the Holy Spirit to discern this book. and But still yet, our feeble minds uh, hesitates to comprehend what uh, words uh, and what detail is contained, what truth is contained in this book. And uh, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do for you and I. But we see that in this eternal state, in this new Jerusalem, there is a pure river of water of life. 
And certainly it is a great blessing to see this river flowing from the throne of God, as John had said, throughout this city. And uh, we only see it in part here in this walk of life. We can look at pure rivers of water, but those are tainted. Tainted by disease and bacteria and ailments. You look back, how about in this study, in Revelation, when we've seen the putrid waters of life throughout the tribulation period, certainly uh, those awful rivers of water that we've seen thus far in this study are nothing in comparison to this pure river of water of life. For John said this water is clear as crystal. I don't believe we've ever seen such water as this. Crystal clear. Now I've seen some videos and pictures of people that would go on vacation to such beautiful and pristine beaches. Uh, whether they be down in the Caribbean. And uh, they go down there and they, uh, they enjoy these white sandy beaches and this, what they say is crystal clear water. But yet it's blue. And uh, some, of, some of that water may look turquoise colored, but it's off of beautiful water. And we, we see some beautiful water this side of eternity. But I don't think anybody's ever seen such crystal clear water as this proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, as John had saw. We've seen the source from where this water would flow proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And this river and how it is described as clear as crystal. We see this river of life, but we also see a tree of life, which is mentioned in this passage as well. Look at verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, y'all listen to this, on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. This tree of life is described as being in the midst of the street and no doubt of the city. Now, you'll notice this singular street throughout this passage. This singular street certainly is maybe a, a broad main highway, I would assume. Now, I believe this street would probably be fairly wide. I'm guessing, for the city is very big. Think about it. To think about the size, the magnitude of this city, I believe this street would be fairly wide, and I believe that, that maybe this main corridor going through this city could hold a lot of people. Everybody that could want to could be right there in that city, right on the street. And this river and this tree, if you will, is seen as in the midst of this street. I believe this river, how it is depicted to us, the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. I believe that the way it is depicted and worded in verse number 2 that I suppose this river is flowing right down the middle of the street. And I guess you could imagine in our feeble minds maybe get a picture or a glimpse of uh, this beautiful description of this city. 
And I could imagine a crystal clear river. River now. Not no little stream, a river. Running right down through the middle of this street, this corridor, if you will, down Heaven's Boulevard, directly from the throne of God. I don't know, they say the Mississippi is mile wide in most places, or many places, but I can't imagine how wide this river of life would be. But I believe it ain't just no little stream. I believe that it's great and mighty and relaxing and peaceful flowing directly down Heaven's Boulevard, down these transparent streets of gold. I suppose the streets are very wide with a river running down them. And yet the Bible says that the tree of life in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. Have you got the mental picture yet? Now some would stumble, maybe falter at interpreting this pastor scripture. How could this tree be on either side of the river? How could the river be down the middle of the street? How could the tree be on either side of the, uh, the river and also in the middle of the street? Some would say that this river would flow right down by the tree of life. But you look at the word tree itself, and certainly we read tree as singular, as speaking of one tree, but I believe the word itself would entail the very species of tree, for there was this tree of life. I suppose this tree, no doubt many would interpret, could span plumb across this river of life even across the street itself and be on either side of the river. One could walk the banks of this glorious river upon these streets of gold and be able to feast off the twelve manner of fruit which would abide on this tree, one for each month. Now it's amazing though how you look at this passage and look at these words in the Greek. You could gather a whole nother meaning. Some would even interpret that this tree itself is speaking of that species as the tree of life. And how it would span not only across the river, but be on both sides of the river at the same time, for there could be multiple trees. In essence, a garden, I suppose, around the throne and throughout the city, a beautiful garden that would consist of this blessed tree of life. This very tree, which was not meant for man to partake of in the Garden of Eden. You look back in Genesis, and certainly uh, there could be everlasting life that could be obtained by this tree of life. There could be great healing that could be obtained by this tree of life. We see a wonderful characteristic of this tree of life in verse number 2 and how the Bible says how it bore, it bore 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. But the fruit, nowhere in this passage does it say that the saints would partake of it. But the scripture does say, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I find that interesting. 
how these leaves themselves, not just the fruit, but the leaves themselves would bring such healing to the nation. The word healing in the Greek is therapeian, which is where we get our English word therapeutic. And certainly this word therapeutic is derived from this Greek word therapeian, which is translated in English in this pastor scripture as healing. Yet I believe that this translation, meaning healing, it could derive as well and mean such words as health giving. When we would read this pastor scripture and think that these leaves would heal, could heal the nations or these Gentile people or all saints in this eternal age, we see that this heavenly city this eternal estate, no doubt when we get there, there will be no need for healing. For we will receive a great perfect healing from our Lord and Savior. When we receive such eternal uh, glorified bodies, my friend, I don't believe we'll be going and partaking of that tree for a healing because we're sick. I believe the word implies as a therapeutic. It is health giving. In other words, I believe this tree could be partooking of, if that's the word partooking, I believe an individual could partake of this tree in this beautiful city just to receive great enjoyment. To receive a great fullness of these blessings. Ann said a little while ago, we was talking about going to the beach, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go fishing. I'm ready to go kick back and relax. I'm ready to eat. <laughs> but Ann said, I'm ready to go do nothing. Now that's what you go on vacation for, ain't it? You go do nothing. Can you imagine, just like when we go on vacation, I'm sure all your families have been on vacation at some point in time, and it's nice just to go somewhere and get away and kick back and just relax. Take a deep breath and just unwind. And while you're there, you get to enjoy these things around you that make you happy. We go to the coast and Tony will pull out a blue billion fishing rods and we enjoy it. And we'll kick back and we'll relax and we'll have a good time doing what we enjoy doing. I believe that's what this tree would represent. It's health giving. You imagine as folks would maybe sit along this street of gold looking down the river of life and certainly I don't know if it would be literally partaking of these leaves. I don't know if we'll receive such nourishment from these leaves. But I can imagine that you would look at them and receive such perfect, peaceful enjoyment. Our little feeble minds can't even fathom or imagine for 
we would think a peaceful time in this walk of life would be going up to some mountain stream, maybe during the fall as the leaves are changing. That's the closest resemblance that I can even put together in my mind of what this beautiful scene that is unfolded before us would be close to. But I believe this tree, this river, this throne of God round about, no doubt will, will give such manifold blessings to the saints of God for them to enjoy throughout all eternity. We see this tree of life and how it can serve health giving, healing, how it can minister, if you will, to the believers that are there in this peaceful place of rest. I believe that it's there for full enjoyment, for you and I to peacefully sit by and enjoy. Not only that, but we see the river of life, the tree of life, but in verse 3 we see the throne of God. And there shall be no more curse. Hallelujah. No more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it and his servant shall serve him. We see this throne of God in this eternal kingdom is described as being without curse. Certainly we see a perfect restoration for this sin curse and this curse upon man for their wickedness, unbelieving. My friend, we see this curse is gone, done away with. There at the throne of God we see a perfect restoration for the child of God. We see then it's given reason that this throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. Verse 3 says, There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. The reason there is no more curse, for there is no separation, you see, between man the created, and the creator God. There is perfect peace and unity between them two, the creator and the created. My friend, when we come together in this perfect peace, there'll be no more curse, for we will be there in perfect harmony with our God. We see perfect restoration, but we see a perfect administration. And his servants, the verse goes on to say, shall serve him. We see a perfect subordination. How you and I will so graciously and willingly be able to serve him wholeheartedly. Something that we yet suffer to do in this flesh. Yet one day you and I will be able to and won't think twice about it. Serve him. You think about it. Boy, down deep in our soul, Brother Willie, we want to serve the Lord, but yet this flesh will get in the way. We have to battle with this flesh. Well, I'd rather do this, that, or the other. My friend, when we get up yonder in glory, there's going to be perfect subordination. For you and I will serve Him and serve Him willingly, happily, joyfully. And that's all, my friend, that we will want to do. Everything that our soul would desire right here in serving Him 
and, and pleasing Him. My friend, we will be able to do it holy up there. There'll be no need for no curse or punishment for sin. For sin won't dwell there. As we've seen last week, the end of chapter 21, there shall no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. They which are written in the Lamb's book of life. My friend, I believe that this serving wholeheartedly of our Heavenly Father, it'll be without toil. It will not be grievous. As you and I have experienced in this walk of life, and Christ told us, and when we suffer, we suffer not alone. For they hated Him first, and it should be no surprise to you and I that the world would hate us as well. And in serving God, there can be a lot of grief, a lot of heartache, a lot of trouble. It's not tiptoeing through the tulips all the time. There's some joyous times and special occasions, but my friend, when we get yonder in glory, there'll be no more serving in toil. There'll be no more grievous servitude, heartaches and troubles, but a time of great peace, perfect peace. We see the throne of God. We see the blessed fellowship. Look at verse 4. They shall see His face. His name shall be in their foreheads. We preach about Him. We talk about Him. We talk about Him coming back, Brother Allen. One of these days, I'm going to get to see Him face to face. Verse 4 says, They shall see His face. Hallelujah. Not only is there perfect subordination, but there's going to be a perfect transformation. For here in this walk of life, I know as the Scripture says, I could not dare to look upon the face of my God without suffering such death. But my friend, one of these days when I get yonder in glory, I'll be able to see Him. I'll be able to see Him all the time. I won't have to worry about it. I won't have to worry about falling over dead. Oh, this body can't take it. But hallelujah, one day I'll be able to see Him forever and ever. Hallelujah. I tell you what, to see His face with perfect transformation and His name shall be on our foreheads. We are His purchased possession, one in which He died for. He loves so dearly. We see a perfect identification. My friend, sin has tried to taint and mar the name of Christ upon many a Christian. We go through this walk of life, and I still have a fellow. I had a fellow the other day said, I didn't know you was a preacher. I said, I didn't know I was supposed to walk around with my ordination on my forehead. <laughs> he said, I didn't know you was a preacher. He said, I wish you'd told me before I'd said all them bad words around you. I said, brother, I said, that's between you and the Lord. I'm not supposed to judge. 
Now whether this fellow's a Christian or not, I do not know. Don't get to see him much. Don't speak to him often. Only around him just a little bit. But my friend, what's amazing is that if he is, sin can mar his identification as a Christian. Throughout this walk of life, sin has marred many Christians from identifying themselves as a Christian. We see when we get up yonder, there's going to be no problems with that. Hallelujah. There won't be no fakes and phonies. There ain't going to be nobody trying to slip in. For verse 27, and chapter 21 says, Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's who will enter in. Those that are His. Been sealed, delivered, saved by God's amazing grace. His stamp will be on us. His name upon our foreheads. For everybody to see. Many people would fail to relate to those around them that they're a Christian. Maybe because of shame. Maybe because of some uh, issue of pride in their life. My friend, ain't nobody going to be ashamed up there. There ain't going to be nobody persecuting about it when we get there. His name will proudly be upon our foreheads for all to see. And there will be a perfect identification for all those there. Verse 5 says there shall be no night there. This is a repetitive mention as well as we've seen it already in, verse, in chapter 21. There shall be no night there. Boy, we see a perfect illumination. We see also this blessed fellowship that it is forevermore. He said, They need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. There'll be no ceasing to this reign. Brother Grady, there'll be no time in which Christ in His millennial reign it will cease and then we'll just spend eternity with Him. No, that's not what the Scripture says. Throughout His millennial reign, even unto this eternal estate, my friend, Christ will continue to reign forever and ever. For here we see a perfect exaltation and how Christ is perfectly raised up. Through His promised time, for a thousand years here on this earth, and even yonder in glory, He will continue to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. My friend, we will reign with Him forever and ever. We see this blessed fellowship that's uninterrupted, though now it is. My friend, we get up yonder, there'll be no interruption. And lastly, we see tonight, the certainty of this blessed hope. I find it yet amazing in verse number 7 how the Lord said in verse number 6, He said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. The Lord God of the holy prophets sent His angels to shew unto His servants the things which must shortly be done. Notice 
how he said shortly be done. Verse 7 he said, Behold, I come quickly. I believe if you've got a red letter Bible, you'll see verse number 7 is in red letters. There's none other being which could make such a statement as this. For verse 7 says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. My friend, as a child of God, this is that blessed hope. Just as Paul said, he was continually looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing. My friend, I look for my darling Savior to come just as he said he would, that we would receive such an eternal state as this. I'm looking for that heavenly home. I'm looking for that heavenly place to go when my Lord comes back to get me for hallelujah. He said, behold, I come quickly. The angel said, these things shall shortly be done. Me and Alan was talking about this just a few moments ago. Can you imagine almost 2,000 years ago, the Lord said that to John. Hallelujah, I believe he's on the edge of his seat right now, ready to come back for you and I tonight. I believe he'll come quickly for you and I. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I trust you're ready. I trust you're ready to receive Him as Christ if you have not. Receive Him tonight before it's everlasting too late. I believe He's coming back. As a child of God, I'm looking for His return. And I know He's coming for me. I'm ready for Him. Are you? Are you ready? Hallelujah. If he said some 2,000 years ago he was coming, I believe he meant business. Just as we seen the other week, this city of transparent gold is worth more than everything we've got this side of eternity. We can't have enough or make enough or build enough wealth to buy our way into that beautiful place. And that city is just as real as you and I sitting here tonight. His word, as he said, is faithful and true. Write it down. That's what the angel told John. Write it down. Faithful and true. He said these things must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. I take him at his word. Believe he's coming. I told Mickey, I said, I'd love to go home and take a shower. But I don't have to. He come on back, I wouldn't have to. I ain't got nothing to go home for. Go to the house, I guess you'd say. I look for my heavenly home. And him to take me up yonder. Anybody got a word on your heart tonight?